Hello, and welcome to Mystic Grace podcast number 22. And this is February the 3rd of 21. And I'm still here in West Sedona uh, at a lovely recording studio with a friend that I haven't seen for a long time. But I'm also sitting here with uh, a new friend, June, and I'm going to have her pronounce her name because she's got the tongue roll with it. June. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, uh, Colleen. And uh, my name is June Rettinger de Arvallo. She is uh, an extraordinary uh, soul to me and does these incredible blessings. And we're going to talk about that as well. And also her background. Uh, and we hope you enjoy her very much. And uh, June, Give us a little bit about your background and also what you do. Okay, well, thank you. Um, well, I, uh, my mother is uh, from Mexico, and she is also uh, Apache, uh, Chiricahua Apache. And uh, my great-great-grandmother was 100% Apache. And uh, she says that she was Geronimo's uh, granddaughter. We don't have any documentation other than her word, um, but that was uh, what she told us and what has gone down in our family. And certainly most people, certainly people of our age or in the history, would know about Geronimo. Mm-hmm. Right? So, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, of course, Geronimo went down into Mexico quite a lot, you know, and then that's how, that's how our family came about. <laughs> <laughs> that, <And> so, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but um, on my website, there's it tells in detail if anybody ever wants to to read uh, my background on my website, um, which June, I did by the yeah. way, and uh, I love the connection, the lineage to Pancho Villa. Is yes, that, is that the yes. right way? To, yeah. So, um, so my my uh, great great grandmother married a Spanish man who ran a, uh, a little store that used to trade with Geronimo and his tribe every time they'd come in. And he fell in love with the 15-year-old girl. And she wanted to marry him also. They both wanted to marry, but since he was not Apache, they didn't allow them to marry. But they wanted to be together. So it's, it's unsure if he took her or they left together, but they went to a different area of Mexico. And uh, to San Andreas, and they uh, raised a family there. But the Apaches were so upset, very mad that he had taken her. And so they're master trackers. And so they, um, they found him. But years later, they already had seven children. And uh, they did kill him with the arrow, a bone arrow. And they found her with the seven children. So they took care of her from afar, but they didn't want to bring the children, you know, back because they're uh, they're Spanish, also. Now I have to ask you this: is that uh, is that the pretty much the, the rule in every tribe, or is it just the? It Apaches was. I or? mean, who knows? I mean, back in those days, I was like what the eighteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds. So, right. you know, I'm sure they were so upset with all the Spanish and the Mexicans and everybody oh, for for taking their their women were taken all the time. 
I mean, and they and and their families were killed, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, so there's definitely a lot of animosity there. Even though right. you know, mm-hmm. uh, my grandfather was, you know, obviously friendly with them because he'd trade with them and work with them all the time. But still, it's just a stigma of the, you know, probably a stigma of the, you know, they they want to stay genuine to Apache to Apache, you know, in their tribe. So I I, I can't speak for any other tribes or even or anything else hmm. other than that's just what happened in my family. Mm-hmm. But that and, sort of thing, generation after generation, uh, happens a lot. I, I think in, in a lot of families that... That animosity or that mm-hmm. uh, hatred or that it is kept alive through each generation. Interesting. I think it? It, it does. I mean, there's definitely some people who uh, still hold on to that, you know, even to this day. And there's others who who don't. So it's, you know, there's yeah. no, no rule to it. It's however each person feels individually. But then do you have family in Mexico and... Other other areas and most of my family's in Mexico, and um, there's one family in El Paso. Uh, so uh, our family and their family are the only English speaking families in in all of my mother's ancestry. And um, so so so, anyways, when they uh, when they left, you know, they had seven children, and those seven children ended up. Uh, you know, doing very well financially. And so they knew Pancho Villa before the revolution. And so Pancho Villa was telling them about, you know, this plan, this idea that he had. And these, 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 you know, these children were mostly men, and they did very well financially. So they financed the revolution with Pancho Villa. Oh, my gosh. So it happened at that time with the funding of my family. And so they also became his right-hand people's generals and, and all of that. And, um, you know, their right, his right-hand men. And, um, but then Pancho Villa started, um, you know, they started doing some things that, that they didn't feel was ethical. You know, the way yes. he was killing people yes. or treating people. And they're like, hey, you know, this is not really what we signed up for. And they were secretly going to leave, but Pancho Villa got the word ahead of time. Somebody told him, and oh, he was so mad. He was so mad that he, he ordered, their, their last name was Murga, and he ordered every single Murga male to be killed all the way down to the baby. And... Um, and so they had to go into hiding. But he did f- kill my great-grandfather and one of his brothers. Uh, and everybody else was able to go into hiding. And he even took my great-great-grandmother and different family members hostage for several months, trying to find out where everybody was at and couldn't find out. They let him go. And finally, somebody else killed Pancho Villa, and they were able to come out of hiding. But uh, this whole story is also part of the Mexican history. So the Mexican newspapers, uh, particularly in the papers in Chihuahua, Chihuahua, Mexico, uh, love to write about this story. Even one time, 
uh, they did a full page every Sunday for a month in the in the newspaper. So they took a picture of the family, outlined every person, and throughout the whole month they told the stories of every single person in that in that photo. Do you have any of the memorabilia? Or I have, have it all. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So it's really nice to have that. And many other articles have been, you know, smaller articles, not like a month-long full-page articles. But uh, I have many other articles that were written about this whole story. Mm. But uh, if anybody wants to, you know, read more about it, I have it on my website with photos. Yes, and it's an it's an excellent website actually, and I uh, love loved reading the story. Mm. Um, I even went out and bought a bottle of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> it got you in I, the mood. <laughs> it's not usually my drink of choice, but it's right. like Pancho Villa. <laughs> and and June, I'm going to go get I'm going to get a bottle of tequila and then just keep it in the house, you know. <laughs> so it was just kind of fun. Okay, so now uh, I've uh, had the the privilege uh, to work with you, and that you gave me a reading. You do hand readings, mm-hmm. and uh, you've been lovely massages, which has kept my body together, mm-hmm. you know, for these last uh, several months. Um, but you keep talking about your blessings. Mm-hmm. And you began to speak to me about the blessings and family, especially. And I asked you if you had um, sacred songs or sacred blessings, and you said some of them you could not say. And that kind of intrigued me mm-hmm. a, a, a much, much more. And if, if we in the United States need anything, we need a blessing. Yes, more than anything else in this world mm-hmm. at this time, every single one of us needs a blessing and needs to be blessed. And I cannot tell you how grateful you know I am to have someone like yourself with the, the background that you have and everything that you do and the depth mm-hmm. uh, of what you do. So please tell us about a blessing mm-hmm. and what it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, the blessing, um, usually when somebody comes for a blessing ceremony, um, they will kind of put the intention out of what they need a blessing for. It could be a few things. Um, it could be uh, one person, two people. It could be like a, you know, a, like a little family or some friends. You know, it could be a little small group. Um, it could even be a big group. Uh, it could be anybody, but uh, you put an intention out of uh, what it is that you're you're needing a blessing for in your life. You know, something you're working on, or something you're you're transitioning in your life, or something you're having difficulties with. It could be anything a, a loss of a loved one. Um, it could be a celebratory blessing. It could be anything. So, um, June, do you think that? So that people have lost uh, their even the inclination to even ask for a blessing. In other words, I don't think we really know. Mm-hmm. Uh, human beings really know how extraordinarily powerful yes. that this is, and and I don't think people really even know how to ask. Yes, like you know how to yes. how to ask another person for a blessing. Well, like I feel that I'm not giving the blessing personally. 
and a blessing ceremony, I feel like from the minute I meet the person, I'm channeling what it is that I'm supposed to say and do. So each person, it's going to be a different experience. I'll say different things. Um, like I do uh, mediumship psychic readings. I like hand readings, like you said, not palmistry, but I read the top of the hands. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Right. And, uh, and so I also incorporate that into the blessing ceremonies. So you never know what's going to happen in there like it's it's a surprise every time because it's totally tailored to that person and um channeling you know i feel like through their ancestors um you know what it is that they're supposed to hear what's supposed to happen in that blessing ceremony and the and like you're uh, mentioning the songs the sacred songs the sacred songs are absolutely part of the blessing ceremony that's probably the biggest part of the blessing ceremony. And how do you do that, June? Well, the I drum, sing. Drum? No, I, just with a, sh- a shaker. Okay. I use a gourd. And the reason I can't sing a song uh, here on this podcast is because, you know, I feel that those are sacred songs and they're, they're part of certain ceremonies. And uh, I, just, I just feel like... Um, you know, it has to stay, you know, stay uh, within, uh, you know, person-to-person interaction. So let me ask you, if you had a family, a small family, uh, that had a a sick uh, child, and Mm -hmm. you do medicine as well, right? These are medicine... They're medicine songs. Medicine blessings different than a regular blessing, or...? No, blessings are blessings, no matter what the issue is. Um, and, and, you know, I feel that, uh, talking is part of the blessing, you know, the readings are part of the blessing. And a lot of it is to, to, to change the, uh, energy in the room to where we're, we're thinking in a different way. We're receiving where, you know, maybe our, our ancestors are talking to us, you know, maybe they have something to say sometimes, a lot of times, like, someone will step forward, you know, and, and want to say something to them. And, and it changes the energy. So by the time I sing um, the prayer song, then it's like, I feel like, like earth, air, water, fire are, are, are the life-giving elements in our world. They're the elements that we were introduced to when we came into this body, into this this life that we have here on earth. And they're here to take care of us our whole life. They're not here just to keep us alive. So the spirit comes through the earth, air, water, and fire. And I feel that sound, like the songs, is part of air. When we came out of the womb, we took a big breath, and then we made a big sound, right? Yes. And so, so I feel that uh, even the music that you play, like before we talked today, we played a little, a little intro music yes. to get us in the, in the spirit of what we're doing here. And so the spirit came through the, that song and changed the energy. 
Yes, it really it, does. It like opens a portal. Even like when you play music in your in your home, in your uh, car, it changes the energy. Somebody channeled that music. And when it's played, you feel it. You know, just like when somebody paints a painting. When you see that painting, you feel the energy from that. So same with, with when I sing the prayer songs, I feel like it opens this portal. And a lot of people have amazing experiences during those songs. Like sometimes their ancestors will come and tell them things, or they'll feel the presence of certain ancestors, or they'll have chills or heat, or like stuff happens, like amazing things happen where they can't deny that you know, their ancestors were in that room. Or sometimes you even feel the, feel the room like filling up with people. But sometimes when I sing um, the songs, I feel like I'm, I'm making a call for, for that person. Like I'm, I'm making a prayer for that person. And um, one time somebody said, um, like I also... Uh, used to do the uh, blessing ceremonies over at the Miyamo Spa at the Enchantment yes, yeah. in, the, in the Crystal Grotto there. And, um, and so one, and it's a beautiful kind of a dark room with a dirt floor, and it's just the, the energy in there is beautiful. And, and um, he kept his eyes open. Who's that? Uh, one of my one of my clients okay. came and was getting a blessing ceremony. Okay, usually just, one just himself. Said, yeah, okay, just one person, and um, and you know a lot of times like people just close their eyes or they'll look and they'll close, but or, but <laughs> he just the whole time he said that he kept his eyes open like he couldn't not look at me, and then all of a sudden when I was singing this this aura of light came like from my shoulders up into my head, over my head. And then as soon as I finished singing, then it, it went away. Or I've even been outside and people have said, like the whole time you're singing, like the wind blew and I didn't feel anything, you know. And then, and then when you stopped, like it just stops, you know. But there's, that's, those songs are not just songs. They're, they're prayer songs, praying for those people, for their lives and and um, and I I feel so honored to have been part of the ceremonies where these songs come from. Um, so I I keep it sacred and and. Um, well, how did you how did you learn them yourself, and how did you begin? Is, did you teach self taught or, or yeah, did you? Yeah. Well, I I was I was given some songs to learn. And then I, I, I learned them and, you know, um, so, and there's, and you can see a lot of those songs online, like they're the peyote songs, you know, if you go on uh, YouTube, there's a lot of songs like that. Okay. Which, which I've never done, but I've thought about yeah. it a few times. But, and it, and it takes a lot of time to learn them, to learn, you know, and then sometimes I'll learn it and it'll turn into another song, you know. So it, it's just it's it takes on its own life sometimes. That's wonderful. Um, as far as the ancestors go, most people may not know, you know, their ancestors. Now, when you're doing these, when you're in sacred ceremony and and blessing prayer blessings, 
do you see their ancestors or do you see yours or does one in particular come usually or do you have one chief for um, um that comes well or? i i um you know i work i mean my my ancestors i feel are always with me you know i bring them close by especially when i do spiritual work and uh, but when I'm doing work with somebody else, I feel that I'm working with their ancestors, or maybe even my ancestors are talking to their ancestors. <laughs> Who knows? I know, but but I'm definitely receiving information, and it could be, uh, you know, sometimes you know, it's not like it's defined where I'm getting the information. It could be my ancestors, their information, or it could be just information that's out in the universe to talk to that wants to bring something down to them. Uh, but sometimes uh, some of their ancestors in particular come through. You know, like, like uh, it, you could tell it's like a grandfather energy or an auntie energy, and then I'll describe, like, who it is or what their actions are like or things they might say, and then they'll know, like, exactly who it is. I see. And okay. then, you know, maybe they'll have something to say to them. But our we have a direct connection to our ancestors. So talk, I feel like talk every... Talk a little bit more about that, yeah. Yeah, everything we, we do uh, in our life is connected to our ancestors. Like, say a parent has a child, right? So that parent is going to feel everything that child's going through. Even if, even like if the child is older and moves away, the parent still feels what that child's going through. And like when a child uh, has an accomplishment, the parent feels like they have the accomplishment, you know? <laughs> I don't have children, so I never really had those feelings, yeah. but I had, have plenty of siblings, but I don't know if that counts. But. Well, also, <laughs> I mean, we're connected to our sisters, our brothers, our aunties, like everybody. You know, when when uh, if there's someone in the family having difficulty, everybody's uh, thinking about it and praying about it and feeling it. You know, like if somebody's having a drug addiction or alcoholic, you know, uh, episode or, or, or span where they're having difficulties with that. Um, you know, it, it affects the whole family, and so uh, you know, the, but especially the parents. And then the parents have, uh, I mean, then that child will have a child, and they'll feel the same way about that child. When they're happy, they're happy. When that child's sad, they're sad. When, uh, if there's any danger coming, they'll do whatever they can to protect that child. Right. And then, if that child has a child, that's the great-grandchild. And that parent may, have even ta- may even take that cycle of life and, you know, take the full cycle of life and go back home in spirit. But they're still going to be keeping an eye on that lineage. And they may even be helping the unborn be born. But they're still connected. There's ancestors that are supporting us and, like, maybe even aunties and whatever, that uh, and uncles or whatever that are supporting us that we have never even met. Maybe they made a prayer for the unborn. Who knows? Maybe they were thinking about that lineage at one time. Well, this all is entangled with star beings, with 
spirit guides that some people interpret as their ancestors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the We're in the Southwest uh, since coming here, actually living here. Uh, I have found when I'm doing my own drum and praying for the medicine uh, people to come in, families come in. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, when I was on the East Coast... I didn't have families, whole families come in, mm-hmm. come in spirit. I can see them coming right off of the, the mountains here, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. coming into the healing room. And it's like children as well. I, I didn't have that mm-hmm. so much in Mystic Connecticut. Um, and, but I was given my spirit name, Little, uh, Little White Buffalo, by, by Ten Bears in spirit. But here in the Southwest, it seems that it's a family, <laughs> it's a family affair. And these ancestors. So, can you speak to like I know that the native uh, Native Americans call they use the term star beings. Mm-hmm. Would that be the same thing as Kachina? Would that be you know? And can you talk to like that that sort of connection with ancestry and star beings? Well, I mean, I think that star beings is like a whole other thing. Okay. Um, I feel that your ancestors. I mean, who knows? There probably are our ancestors, too. You know, I mean, I'm not going to go saying they're not our ancestors, but the ancestors that I'm talking about. But then, you know, we have guides. I know I myself and many other people have star being guides, you know. Yes. So, uh, but I don't know. They could be our ancestors, but I don't, it hasn't been I mean, I feel that we are ancestors to the star beings. I believe that. Oh, that's you know, very many nice. people do. But the ancestors that I'm talking about are more like people that have had lives on Earth and that we have known. No, no, we have ancestors that we've never known. Okay, of course. You yes. know, your great great grandma, great 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 uncles, aunts. You know, um, there's there's a, a a lot of you know ancestors supporting us that we've never met do they have to be biological i mean do no can we have... i don't believe so okay a lot of times we're adopted into families and sometimes uh some family lineages are short you know some are very long and and i've had uh some ancestors uh talk about that with some people it's like remember you know how long your ancestry lineage is you know and I feel it's so interesting how uh, you're seeing families out here. You know, I mean, I know uh, indigenous peoples all over uh, are very close knit with the families, and uh, so so that's like so not surprising. <laughs> I, I, well, to me, it was because there wasn't the same in in, in Connecticut. Yeah. Even with the, my teepee there, my chakra teepee, yeah. which I don't have here, but. Holy mackerel! They just come in. The children, they mm-hmm. they just put their hands on the on the person that's that's uh, that's yeah. there. That were uh, it's a huge medicine mm-hmm. here. Gene. Yes, it is. It's very powerful area. And um, you know, I, like you're saying, are the star beans the same as the kachinas? I mean, like uh, yeah, the kachinas are star beans. Are the star beans? You know the the uh, the dancers that are the Kachina dancers. You know they go up to the San Francisco peaks and do their ceremonies, and they embody the star beings, and then they go back to their home place, 
And when the Katinas are dancing, it's the star beings that are dancing. I have heard of this, and I had actually forgotten it. And I, I think someone, a Lakota man in, on the second mesa, told me that they wear two feathers. Um, and I can't recall uh, the, the two feathers. One's a, one's a bird that actually is in uh, North America. I'll think, I'll think of it in a minute, but they only they have two feathers. Um, but have you ever... Are I don't you know not about allowed that. To, but are you allowed to go to the ceremony or watch? Or Yeah, there's uh, many ceremonies that are open to the public. And, um, you know, every great once in a while, you may be able to, if somebody takes you to a closed ceremony, you know, it won't happen very often, but I've, I've done that before, too. Well, especially now, mm-hmm. and especially because the the Native Americans have been hard hit, you know, with the, with the oh, COVID. Oh, yeah, it's and just We really... hear about this all the time, and I think about them all the time and donated yeah. every, everything I can here, water, mm-hmm. clothing, whatever, but... Yeah, there, I, I, I've been up there several... I, I, met, I go up there all the time. You, you know, do? I mean, we're only like two and a half hours away. Up to so, where specifically? To you know, oh, to the all, all the mesas. But I have I have a lot of good friends out there, and, and there's something about that land, you know, like when you when you come, like people come to Sedona, you know, for the first time, they feel like even on a cellular level, you know, their energy is changing. Sedona does something to you, right? The indigenous people felt like you shouldn't even live here. You know, how we have vortexes, they see the whole thing as a vortex. There's, there's not just a vortex here and a vortex there. The indigenous point of view is that it's all a vortex. And you're, you go to where you're drawn to go to. That's your special place to do your ceremony or whatever, you know. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just... Uh, you know, it's such a special place up there in Hopi. I feel like it's Sedona magnified, you know. Um, it's, it's the energy there just speaks to me personally. And a lot of times I like to leave at night. And I get, there's like about a 10-mile stretch of, of nothing that you drive through the Navajo Nation to get there. And I love stopping uh about halfway out, and I make prayers for everybody that I saw there and sprinkle some water their way because they don't have very much water uh, for their crops. They do dry farming and, um, you know, make a cornmeal prayer for them. And, and they look at the stars, and I've never seen so many stars ever. Um, but I've, I've been up there uh, several times, you know, delivering food during the COVID time. Of course, everybody's masked. It's not visiting time. Uh, you know, there's no public dances right now. And, and it may be a while, you know. Even, even if there's a dance in a village, they don't uh, let people from other villages come. It's like really very, very tight right now. I see. Um, and it'll probably be that way for a while. Um, and there's a, a wonderful organization here that Sandra Casentino uh, runs called uh, Crossing Worlds Hopi Project. Crossing Worlds Hopi Project. Yes. Okay. And she, um, it's a 5013C. And uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll take stuff up there uh, through that organization. And I support it. And um, 
they they collect uh, school supplies. They you know they give they put together like packages of toiletries and all that kind of stuff. They uh, take food to the dances. Um, but it's just like and now they also help repair some of the homes. Some of the the homes are like got hundreds of years old. So and they get passed down through the family. So they're dilapidated at times. So they they do a lot of construction to to preserve those homes for the families. And um, so a lot of people donate money or their time. Uh, even like I've don- I donate my house like to store stuff, <laughs> you know, and and I we take stuff up there a lot. Um, That's wonderful. I so, think I want to go up with you the next time you go. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, what about the um, the community center up there? Is that still open? Called the Top of the World or whatever they call that. There's a hotel and a restaurant. It's oh, the called- Hopi Cultural Center. Oh, yes, the Hopi Cultural the Hopi Center. Cultural Center. It had it was closed uh, the last couple times I went up there. Uh, the Hopi Cultural Center is 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 the only little hotel there, uh, and it's a it's the only restaurant there. <laughs> Right, I know. I've been there. There's only a couple gas stations, uh, but you know it's it's. Um, and then they have a museum there and a little store. Um, but I, I, right now it's closed. But I'm sure you know when things uh, seem to be better and more open, you know they might open again. Okay. I mean, you can always call them. You know the yes. Hopi Cultural Center. No, that's right. That's right. Uh, to see if they're open. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know they're really not encouraging. Uh, people to go and stay right now right of um course. yeah and you know i've stayed there before sometimes i'll you know i'll stay at somebody's house before you know prior, prior to covid or or I'd, I'd even like uh you know i have a suv so i'd put like a bed in there and park in front of somebody's house <laughs> or something we'd go to the dances early and or you something. see that here around town <laughs> yeah <lot>. you do <laughs> but uh but it's just so <clears throat> special there and and those people are just mean so much to me um that uh you know i will always support them and and even during covid like i wanted them to know you know that i was thinking about them so i i took up uh some things a few times and and uh so they if you ever want to make anybody ever wants to make a donation um you know uh Sandra Casentino at um, you know yeah. Crossing Worlds Hopi Project, and and if you make a donation, you can get a tax deductible receipt also, okay. and we'll, it really supports. We'll them. include that in the information uh, when I write out the mm-hmm. you know the text as well. You were telling me uh, June last year about the pipe carrier. What was his name? Um, do you remember? Uh, um, you mean Lakota? Yes. Oh oh oh. Um, um, Arville Looking Horse. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Is he still with us? I mean, is he yeah, still oh, here yeah, on the airplane? Yeah, he's still alive. Okay. Is and that what you mean? Yes. Yes. I do, yeah. Um, I know he's very, fam- very famous, right? He's very well, well known. Well, he's well known. Very well known. Have you? Has he been in touch with you or you with him? Or I, I don't know him personally. I have met him. Uh, I, you know, I, I work with the International Council of 13 Indigenous Grandmothers. Oh, right. Since 2007, I help them with their gatherings and different things along the way. Uh, and so we had a gathering in South Dakota in honor of one of the, the grandmothers there, uh, Unchi Rita. 
Unchi is grandmother, so Unchi. we just in Lakota, so we just call her Unchi grandmother, Unchi, you know, Rita, and um, so she had him come and speak, and so I just had met him, but um, I don't know him personally, but I know that he does have um, an organization, a nonprofit, that he does do some good work out of, and. Um, you know, I would really like to support that. I was planning on, I was talking to you about it because I was thinking, oh, I sure would like to have a gathering here to support and, you know, raise some money um, for that. But um, but then the COVID hit and, yes. and all that. And, yes. then, and then if anybody knows of the, you know, International Council of 13 Indigenous Grandmothers, you know, uh, Grandmother Bernadette, uh, our African grandmother, she just recently passed. Uh, just passed yes. uh, this month, and so. So June, how many grandmothers are left? Well, five have gone from okay. the thirteen. Okay. And uh, right now they're doing every two weeks, um, like a Zoom call with the grandmothers, and already we're we're di- we're at eleven. I don't know how many there's going to be. But um, 11 Zoom calls? So far. Okay. There's been 11. This last Friday uh, was one, and the next one is on the 13th of uh, February. And so it's a great, uh, other grandmothers are on there and different people. And usually there's a subject, uh, Grandmother Margaret Behan, who's the Cheyenne grandmother in, Mon- in Montana, will be leading this one. Nice. Um, but it's nice to see everybody's faces and, you know, to see everybody uh, yes. in, they're on Zoom. It's not a recorded thing. You just, it starts, I think, at 9 a.m. Arizona time. Okay. And uh, and if you go on the grandmother's website, International Council of 13 Indigenous Grandmothers, you'll see, um, you'll see something there. You can see my, my uh, Facebook page also. Uh, it's on there too. Good, yes. They've hung in there. I mean, it's been a re- remarkable uh, organization, and I know one of them uh, that I met in New Mexico. Oh, Flor de Mayo. Yes, Flor yeah, de Mayo. Yes. Yeah. She's the only one that, I, that oh. I've actually met. I was supposed to meet another one that was in Tucson. Mona. She, yes. Yeah, Grandma Mona. Yes. She's, yeah. And I never, I never uh, got there. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's been. You know, like I say, I, I met them in 2007, and uh, the first gathering that I ever uh, helped organize for them was 2009. We had it was here in Sedona at the Mago Retreat, and we had like 600 people. Oh my! So that's the God. largest gathering I'd ever put on. But me and Mona kind of organized it together, oh. and then everybody else was so busy with Grandma Aggie's. Uh, uh, you know, event, I mean, gathering in, in uh, Oregon. And so by the time they came, it was all all laid out and set up. We traveled, because Mona is, um, uh, she's Havasupai. Her mother's from the Havasupai in the Grand Canyon. Nice. And her uh, father is uh, over here in, in uh, Hopi. So Palaka is her last name. So Palaka is the name of the first Mesa in Hopi. Oh, I so see. So it's named after her, her family. Is there a, a name for the second Mesa and the third? Or you don't know? No, okay. That's just a village in, on first Mesa there. There's oh, other villages within the Mesa. So right. All the villages have certain names. Yeah. Right. 
Well, you know, uh, June, if I were listening to this podcast, if I were somebody else listening to this podcast, I would say, oh, I want to hear June <laughs> do a blessing. <laughs> yeah. do, do, do a blessing or, or, or sing something. And would you be able to do that? Or just bless the United States or bless our... I, I mean, I, I, I just know a chant, but it's not like a... I mean, any of those songs are, ble- any song is blessing, but this is not one of the songs from those ceremonies, but just okay. just a chant. Well, I, like, well, I want you want to, me just to do Yes, little... I do. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I need a sip of okay, water. Okay, I'll take a sip of water. And June also has a circle of women here. And yes, that's called... true. Uh, yeah, I, I, I co-host a uh, woman's circle here with um, Carla Bass, and um, it's, we have, uh, the woman's circle is called Circle of Sacred Sisterhood, and we have a, a private Facebook page, anybody, you know, any, any woman can join, you just ask to join, and we, and we allow you to join, and, and uh, all the women post, like, different things that they're doing, so it's not just things that we're doing, but it's also, what are the women in our group doing? That's right. So uh, you can we will even put this podcast. You know, you can Good. put your podcasts on there. Say the name of it again. The circle, the circle of sacred sisterhood. Right, right. Circle of sacred yeah. sisterhood, and we need as much sacred feminine energy that this planet can hold. After all, it is our mother, mm-hmm. and we have to honor our mm-hmm. mother mm-hmm. and ourselves. And when we begin to honor ourselves more, then we can honor the earth more. Mm-hmm. Or it could be also the other way around. Or I, yeah. it's, it's, because, because we are mm-hmm. you know, part of the earth, as you were saying earlier about the, the four directions. That, mm-hmm. We uh, highlight different women in our group. So like when you, I, we loved when you came and we did a little ceremony outside. Yes. And and you you facilitated our drum circle. Yes. It was wonderful. <laughs> and I love everybody just loved how you went around and had each person do a drum beat coming from them, like what represents you. That's that was right. really special. So thank you. Oh, um, that I was for, so honored. I know you <laughs> you're you're a great uh, drum circle facilitator. I just, so, uh, yeah, I was given given those gifts, and I would say to my creator and the guides, well, I don't have any Native American blood. I'm Irish, mm-hmm. I'm Danish, and and it's like, no, thank you, thank you. Put up the teepee, do your dances. Yeah. No, yeah, we're with the ancestors. <laughs> it's about the just ancestors. honoring. It's just about honoring the earth, <clears throat> honoring yourself as a spirit, right? And and doing what you feel is natural to you. And that's that to me is and and you know the whole understanding of of us uh, as a spirit walking this earth. You know for this short time. This is just a span of time in our spirit's experience. And uh, I think that like we don't have to follow a path or a specific path. If we understand those things and are listening to our guidance, 
and 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 adhering to it and acting on it that's living a spiritual life and when it came time for for you to do your drumming, your voice, your heart. There was a pretty good crowd there, 14, 15 mm-hmm. people. And so it took time for everyone to go around. And, who, and when it came time for, for you to drum, I have been doing this for 20 years probably now. Mm-hmm. I have never heard, and I think I told you afterwards, I mm-hmm. never heard a drum like that. Really? I I melted into the the landscape. <laughs> but there were some cows moving, you know, yeah. nearby. My neighbor's cow. But the the sound that came out of that drum was so soft, so subtle that you had to you had to almost like entrain every every bit of your cellular body to listen mm-hmm. to every everything that that you played it wasn't loud it wasn't repetitive it wasn't any mm-hmm. of these things it was so meaningful mm-hmm. and that's what you have on your website as well something yeah. about meaningful things uh, yeah the, right? the, i call my business meaningful things of sedona <laughs> Meaningful, meaningful things of Sedona. Yeah. So when you played that drum, I was like, "Oh my God!" Mm-hmm. It was just fantastic. Aww, and I, you. I think I remember telling you, I said, yeah. "I have never heard anything like that in my life." So we are in for a treat, and yes. you, anytime you're ready, okay, give, us a, a give little, us a song. Do, give I'm us a gonna, blessing. I'm just gonna do a little okay. chant, just okay. a little, a All little right. chant. Just okay. it's. Just something really simple that I I, I created. Thank you, thank you, thank you. you. Uh, now we have that preserved. Yes, <laughs> that you can record. And there's nothing you can do about That's it. That's okay. <laughs> no, but, you know, everything is mm-hmm. is uh, sacred. Everything should yes. be sacred. And June, can we bless ourselves? I think we can ask for a blessing for ourselves from our spirit or ancestors. Mm, can we stand? It's kind of blessing. It's like something that you receive. So it's like we can take care of ourselves. We can nurture ourselves. We can ask for a blessing from our guides and our ancestors for for ourselves. It's something that we receive from someone else. Uh, to me, in my opinion, a blessing is something uh, that we receive from someone else offering it to us and us being open to receiving it. Okay. Um, You know, like when I do a blessing ceremony, I always, I feel that a blessing ceremony, you know, it's a ceremony. It's not just like, it's not, I don't do like a 
you know, recited meditation that I've done a million times. I don't do any of that. Of course, it's per person. It's different each time. Um, but I think that a blessing ceremony is, uh, is a ceremony, so there should be an altar. So I have an altar set up with all my instruments. And I love to teach um, about altars, about doing ceremony for yourself. You know, I do, you can do ceremony for yourself and, uh, you know, make your prayers, make, you know, work with your, your guides and your ancestors of what you're needing. You give thanks, give offerings. A lot of, uh, some of the blessing ceremony is about teaching, you know, and, and I always say it's based on indigenous uh, or animist um, teachings, and I'm a, I'm actually I had a, a received a minister's uh, license as well uh, through the Web of Life Animist Church in Tucson. Oh, nice! And animist is basically the same belief system as a lot of the you know earth-based teachings, where everything is alive, you know, everything has a spirit, and uh, so I love to to teach that, um, uh, you know. So, so it's not only a ceremony, but it's very informative. It's giving information on how to kind of organizing our way of thinking, of, you know, seeing the reality of, of our lives here on Earth. And something that they can take home with yes. them. And, and as children, we used to collect things. If we found a, a little feather or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a salamander that had gone belly up or something. Yeah. Or, you know, and you collect, you collect these things it. and you, you collect them and you mm-hmm. have them. And they're, they're very sacred to you. And so uh, when you're doing these blessing ceremonies, you are teaching at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that stays. That yes. stays, stays with you. And then you can take it home because that person has been has oh, been yeah. thoroughly, thoroughly blessed. I mean, people's people's lives change in an hour and a half. So many people have said that that has changed their life, like their life has never been the same since. You know, the way that they see see it, and um, that's and that powerful. that's very uh, humbling to me that. Uh, that you know that they would but then it's about the work that they did you know it's it's like uh creating a space for people to do their work that's right that's what it is it's creating the environment and and you know working with the energy so that they're taking it in so if somebody's life changed during that hour or hour and a half uh, they did their work because of the heart, and this is the month of uh, Valentine's and heart oh, and, and yes. energy, and and because uh, you don't have to uh, know where they've been on their difficult path, and to to, to speak of it mentally or mm-hmm. or or emotionally in such a way that you that you can't absorb uh, the blessing. That is the, the simplest medicine. Yes. In a way, isn't it? It's about taking, it's it's not about going and reliving your past. It's about taking the experiences of your past and the lessons and then moving, how are you going to move forward? 
Which is why people, some people say that it's changed their lives. Oh, yeah. So look how powerful, <laughs> you know, that is. And, and the vulnerability oh, is yeah. where the power is. And I, you know, that's why I, mm-hmm. I enjoy uh, you so much and your company and all that. Because yeah. it really is the humility, the vulnerability uh, is where the power is. Mm-hmm. And I think we as a collective consciousness in the United States really need to get on, get on board with that one. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I love doing couples, you know, I've dealt with uh, work and, and I love doing um, the hand readings. I was just going to say couples before we end this, you've got to uh, do that. Do the hand. Yeah. Uh, the, the hand reading. Uh, like, I, I, well, I also love doing baby blessings. Oh, that's like one of my favorites. Like somebody's pregnant. We pray for that baby's life. You know, the cycle of that life. I'm, oh, there's just so many. I love birthday blessings. <laughs> but um, but also, like, couples is really interesting. Because uh, if you look at the hands together, it tells how they are with each other and what they need from each other. Like, the top of the hands tells how you came into the world to operate and how you're operating. So the left hand is how you came into the world. The right hand is how you're operating. Regardless of which, if you're right-handed, left-handed, if you had an injury. I've even done a reading on somebody that had little nubs for fingers, and I was still Aww. able to do a beautiful reading. And, and, I, and it, it was just as accurate as you know any other hand reading. And the bottom part um, has to do with your relationship to love and relationships in this lifetime. And it tells what you've sometimes where you even came from. And then sometimes when we come from difficult places, we still have to relive some of that in the beginning of our life. And then and then as we and then we, you know, when we're adults, that's when we it's time for us to take control of our life. So then we work that stuff out. And then you see, again, like I was saying, you gather the information of your life. And you you uh, sort it out and see what are the lessons of it. You give back what you need to give back to whoever you need to give it back to, and and you take the medicine of the things that you've learned and you move forward. That's absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. I know, I did have a hand reading with you, and it was yes. it was remarkable. And I and I don't think I've ever looked at my hands quite the same. Yeah, and and <laughs> even I can see anybody's hands. Like, say I was I'm giving you a hand reading, and uh, say you were dating somebody, I could see their hands, and then oh. we can I can tell you about them. Or even if somebody has passed, a lot of times they come in showing their hands, like if they want me to see something oh. um, to oh. tell. So I can see anybody's hand that you're. Uh, your that has to do with you, okay. Like even I did a Zoom call today. I, people send me photos all over the world. People send me photos of their hands, the top and the bottom, and I do hand readings on Zoom. And like uh, the other, yeah, it was yesterday. I, I, oh, I did one today too. But the one I'm talking about is another. Is yesterday. And somebody is, uh, you know, leaving their partner but not quite ready and then wanting to go see someone else. So we just sorted the whole thing out by just looking, you know, I could see everybody's hands, who they were, what they're about. And it was uh, it was really 
I think, empowering uh, for her to to uh, to go through that process and see how they how they're relating or. People love to call me when they're dating somebody. Like, what do you think of this person? <laughs> I get that all the time. Like your grandma. Were you close to your grandma? My grandmother, uh, uh, which side? On your mom's side, I think. Mom's side. Um, I, no, it's hard to tell. Mom or dad? I liked Grandma O'Neill. I think, I think, well, originally first came in Mom's side, but then both grandmas are fighting with each other. Like, no, I'm here too. My grandmother and my father's side uh, left early, and so, I, she really liked me a yeah. lot. I was but I, What about your mom's side? Uh, yep, yeah, she, uh, she uh, no, I, I had a lot of interaction yeah. with, with so her. So I think it's, it's her, but she says that your hands are similar. Similar? You, you have some similarities in your hands. To, to each other. Oh. Did you ever compare your hands to no, each other? No. <laughs> no. Are you going to give me a hand reading? The, the, the light. <laughs> the, light <laughs> the light. The light has a. It's, it's oh, making, the hands tell everything. Yes. It doesn't you matter are, light or dark. Or you already gave anything. me. <laughs> yeah. It tells everything. But it, and in fact, you know, like your hands change as you change. Okay, so I've even had people's hands change right in front of me. Oh, how? They're like physically, like if like uh, like like over here's like your giving part, the the bottom of your thumb, the, the on your palm, mm-hmm. and so and it, and it relates to other things too. But um, like one time we were talking about you know how she she this one lady had uh, receded her giving. As like she was more giving before, now she's taken it back, like different experiences and right. things that had had happened, and so now she was more mistrusting and less giving. Like she felt like she didn't was afraid to give, and uh, so we started talking about like like you know it's a shame how when things do happen in our life that we allow it to turn out our own light instead of just adjust how we relate to that person, you know? And that's something we, we have to watch very closely. And, and she was such a, a beautiful uh, person that it's like, uh, why would you let anybody, especially if they're working like on a lower energy range, al- allow you to turn your own light out when you have all of this to give, yeah, the, you're here to make an imprint in the world. And and we started talking, and, and she was, like, getting it right away. All of a sudden, her that pad under her thumb, on her palm, started growing. And I've seen people's fingers get longer. I've, I, mean, I mean, like, crazy things. And even in the photos, they change. Like, if I, if sometimes somebody will get a... Like send me their photos. We do a Zoom reading, and then I could look, say they're like need more information, like the next day or the next week, or you know even like a month down the road, and they don't have to send me another picture because I'll see the changes that they have made by oh, looking for at the photo. Sakes. Isn't yeah, that interesting? I only ask for a repeat of the photos every now and then, every great now and then. But Is the it- hands keep changing in the photos. And look at and look at our world today, where 
we can't even shake anyone's hand anymore. Yeah. Right? We can't even get close to them. We can't, we, and our hearts are, are, are broken in a way. I mean, because we don't, we're trying to um, give our hands and hearts and be free and be creative and be who we are. And we are being. Well, I, I think it's all in how you look at it. Like, I think that, um, that it's a time of introspection. It's a time of transformation. It's a time where, where if you're continuing to do things how you've always done them, it's time to change that. Um, it's you, it's a time that calls for us <laughs> to reach deeper within ourselves and see who we are and what we, what we want from this life. What are, how do we want to live? What do we want to offer? Are we ready to step out and start offering what we've always thought we wanted to do? Right. It did bring us to a standstill so that we yeah. could look so, within. So it's, yeah. a, it's in, in many ways, you know, it's been very difficult, you know, with the loss of so many people. Uh, and, and, you know, it's like right now so many people are, are leaving, you know, the earth, are, are going back home in spirit. And, um, you know, not, on, not only of COVID, mm. but so many other, other things as well. Um, and, and, and so there's, there's a lot of heartbreak and sadness that has happened through, you know, the loss of jobs, uh, loss of loved ones. Um, but it's, it's, it's also time to really go deep within yourself and, and, and do a reset in our own lives and, and empower ourselves as to how we're going to move forward in, in our lives right now. That's right. That's right. So we can think of these blessings and we can think of ourselves joining hearts and hands with everybody in in our in our minds mm-hmm. in our in our in our spirits because yeah. that's how powerful we really are. Uh, so to think about that for this month of of February of, mm-hmm. of heart and hands and that we really are united in our in our spirits and in, in our love in our friendship for for one another and and June you have been circling the earth so to speak <laughs> in your heart in your mind in your drum and your songs for a very very long time and nothing stops you absolutely mm-hmm. nothing stops you you have a wonderful quiet place out there in Cornville mm-hmm. which I absolutely um, loved you can see the stars out there mm-hmm. and as well and I want to thank you for bringing your ancestry <clears throat> here thank into you. the earth plane, into Gaia, and reconnecting all of us through our hands mm-hmm. and through our, the blessings and through the medicine and through, through your voice. Thank you. Yeah. And Thank we're you. going to. I, I just, I just wanted to say one thing. Yes, um, is that if if anyone's uh, you know looking for me in Sedona, also um, I'm a member of the Sedona Chamber of Commerce. Yes, and so you can always go on there and find me. And uh, I'm also on the board of directors for SIMSA the Sedona Metaphysical Spiritual Association, which is uh, another branch of the chamber. Oh, nice. I didn't know. Yeah, it's a a conglomeration of just the spiritual workers. 
And so it's it's a, and we have also our, our Facebook page for SIMSA. Oh, okay. SMSA Sedona Metaphysical Spiritual Association. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. You, so you are really grounded and rooted, yes. you know, here in in uh, in Sedona. And mm-hmm. I know there's many many healers, but there's always there's always a top ten percent in every uh, yeah. field. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I also have a permit if anybody wants like an experience on the red rocks, like on the land. Oh, you have to have a, a permit. You have to of have course. a permit. Yeah. Okay. If you don't, if you are charging somebody um, to take them out and you don't have a permit, you could get a very large fine. Okay. Yeah, All right. So. How do people find you? Your website yes. will be, it, it is it's now... June June Arbayo, A-R-B-A-L-L-O dot com. Okay. And we'll put that in the text as well. Yes. Um, any closing thoughts or blessings <laughs> i'm going to come back for another reading can you read the whole body yes <laughs> actually you can okay I, I can read a lot of the body like the back uh, i feel like the feet have to do with your past lives i can see a lot of past life stuff on the feet Although there's a there's you know such a thing as toe reading, but I don't I don't do that. But oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I, that was a long time ago. I remember yeah. I never had one done. But but I feel that different. Your whole body tells tells a story. That's right. That's you know, right. I've been a massage therapist, a deep tissue massage therapist for like forty years, and uh, and I was always able to. Well, I came from a family of seers, so I've you know, where it was normal to talk about spirits and all of that in the kitchen table or everywhere, you know, like we always talk about somebody came visited or a dream or whatever, what we saw. Isn't that fantastic? Um, so I've always been intuitive, but uh, I would always look at someone's hands and, uh, you know, be able to tell if they were a good massage therapist. And then I start saying, wow, if you're not a good massage therapist, then it means you're supposed to be doing something else. So the hands start showing me like what they are here to do. And I start seeing more and more things in the hands. And then like if I was doing a clearing or a reading or something and I wanted more information, I'd just say, can I see your hands for a minute? And it would all this information would just flood. And so finally, I just admitted that I did hand readings. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that must be an ancient art, of some kind of an ancient art. Yeah, I, and you know, uh, Ellen Goldberg is uh, an amazing uh, person and teacher and reader. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I, I also do tarot readings, tarot, tarot, tarot. I have to make a list because I have to go um, back. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've done that for many years, but, and I've taught, I've learned, you know, done classes with different teachers along the years, but she is phenomenal. Ellen Goldberg. She has a lot of YouTube clips and teachings about hand readings or, um, you know, uh, tarot reading, stuff like that. Um, so I always, when I met her, I was like, wow, I want to do that hand reading class to see how it compares to to how I see the hands, how I read the hands. But I ended up taking her tarot class, which is still in progress, which is 48 classes, you know. Wow. And wow. so it's a very long class, but she's amazing. And I, I, I highly recommend uh, she has a book out about hand reading, but I don't read 
you know, and I can read, but I can't read a book, you know, like I don't have the focus. Uh, so I never have read the book, but I have it. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's a wonderful book, uh, you know, by her. So I, I highly recommend looking in her, her um, classes, School of Oracles. School of Oracles. And mm-hmm. she's in New York, right, June? Yeah, she's in New York. Yes, so right. I highly recommend looking into that. And she'll, it'll probably be a while till she does the hand reading class, but I'm going to take it whenever it comes <laughs> along. And uh, so it'll be interesting to learn more about the hands. So. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Well, we thank you very, very, very much. I am so blessed to actually live here in Sedona now. Mm-hmm. I've been coming here for 18 years, and wow. now I finally uh, moved in by the grace of God uh, under the, mm-hmm. the, you know, just the, came for a writer's workshop and met a really neat gal there, and her, her townhome was going to be for rent, and I said, it's mine. I didn't, wow. I didn't see it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And I'm here, and I and you're here, and I'm so, so grateful. Um, I want to thank all the listeners. We'll have all the information, all of June's information in text as well, so you can read it. You know, if you didn't hear it properly or something, uh, it will be in, uh, I will write it, we'll write it in the, mm-hmm. in the podcast. And 22, I want to say, um, my father's been in spirit since 2014, and that was his favorite number. Because his favorite number, 22, he was a member of the Portuguese club in Stonington, Connecticut. And that's where he would go for his drinks and hang out with his buddies. So happy Valentine's Day, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and, uh, there's your number, 22. And I hope you're doing well over there with Mom, Mm. my mother, who's been passed since um, 1995. Mm. Wow. So... Let's wish everyone happy Valentine's yes. Day. And Many blessings to everyone, and and uh, so uh, grateful to uh, have met you in this way and energetically, and uh, just uh, you know, happy Valentine's Day and many blessings for your journey going forward. Thank you. 